Hey there, welcome to this edition of The Shaleen Show. Today's episode is Brett and I in the car talking about what it means to be a partner in a relationship and to have independence. And what does codependency look like? I thought before I launch into our conversation that I would share with you some definitions because maybe this is something you need to be aware of in your own relationship. Patterns develop early. And the earlier we can, you know, take steps and be aware of them and be healthier, the more likely we are to have happiness in our relationships. And especially to those of you who are parents, it's really important to role model what a healthy relationship looks like. Now, there are many definitions online for the term codependency or to be a codependent. It can mean a lot of different things. I can tell you from our perspective what it looked like by reading the following. The following definition comes from Albert Einstein, College of Medicine. Codependent relationships signify a degree of unhealthy clinginess, where one person doesn't have self-sufficiency or autonomy, says Scott Wetzer, PhD, Chief of Psychology at Albert Einstein College of Medicine. He goes on to say one or both parties depend on their loved one for fulfillment. But anyone can be codependent. Some signs include feeling dissatisfied or almost empty, doing anything outside of time spent or connectedness to a specific person. Other signs include that you recognize that there's unhealthy behaviors in your partner, but you stay with them and try to fix those things or compensate for them despite knowing how unhealthy they are. Another sign that you might be in a codependent relationship is if you're giving support or kind of catering to your partner at the cost of your own desires, your own mental, emotional, physical, or financial needs. And one really big sign that you might be in a codependent relationship is just listening to the feedback of people around you. You know, do people comment that it's odd that you're never apart or do people notice that there's conflict anytime you guys try to separate in any way? Ooh, and here's a big one. People who are in a codependent relationship feel more anxiety than any other emotion in their relationship. And they spend most of their time and energy and thought process focused on how to keep their partner happy. Or stated another way, trying to conform to the wishes of their partner. Now, there are so many different definitions for codependency online that when, and you're going to hear this in our conversation between Brett and I in the car today, where we're talking about some marriage counseling that we've done in the past. And the therapist that we were seeing suggested that we might be dealing with, like we were basically in a codependent relationship. And I went home and I Googled that because I'm like very defensive, like, you know, that's not us. And I could find plenty of definitions where I could deny that that was true. You know, there are definitions online for just about anything from a psychological standpoint where you can go, yeah, that's not me. And that's kind of what I did. I'm like, that's not us. But this particular definition, the one that I just read you, that's pretty accurate. And I just want to be honest and transparent because people see that we've been married a really long time, 22 years. I think we've been together for like 26 or something like that, 27. I don't know, a long time. And they'll say, hashtag goals. My goal is to have a relationship like that. And I just don't want anyone to ever think that if your relationship isn't perfect right now, that it doesn't have the potential to be better. We haven't always been like this. Our relationship is way, way better now 
than it was. And I attribute so much of that to therapy and having people with strong marriages around us, to us both connecting to our faith and making that a bigger part of our relationship. But it does require you having confidence in your ability to be better. And I'm sharing that with you because my first instinct was like fear, like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Like, we're good. We're good. We don't need to improve anything. And I think that's why a lot of people avoid going to therapy. They don't want to open that can of worms. Everything's fine. I can manage. We can manage. We're okay. If we go to therapy, it doesn't mean that we're admitting we have problems. No. If you go to therapy, that's not admitting you have problems because everybody has problems. Everybody's a mess. You're a human being. You know, that's just a fact. If you go to therapy, if you consider having someone else help you, what you're doing is admitting that you're smart, admitting that you don't have all the answers, admitting that you love yourself and your partner enough to make things better. So don't be afraid to work on yourself. Don't be afraid to find a marriage counselor that you can speak to. Just check in with once a year. Like you get your teeth checked once a year. Why is it so taboo to just check in with a professional and keep yourself out of these unhealthy patterns. If you're in a relationship now that's got a lot of these unhealthy patterns, if you're feeling more anxiety than you are any other emotion, my suggestion to you is to seek wise counsel. Find a great therapist. And as I've said many times before in the show, you got to shop around. The first one that you find might not be the best one. And it really does make a huge difference when you've found the right individual. Okay, so you're about to jump into a conversation between Brett and I in the car. And what we were talking about is kind of recapping a mother-daughter trip that Sierra and I had taken to San Francisco. Now, we were gone or apart. Brett and I were apart for like three days while Sierra and I went and did this. And then Brett went backcountry snowboarding with a friend. So we were kind of talking about that time apart, which is something we didn't used to do. All right, that's enough for me. So did you have fun with Sierra in San Francisco? I did. I don't know if it would have been the same kind of trip maybe two years ago when she was a little bit younger. You know, everyone says there's this moment when your daughter starts to become your friend, not ever going to be your mom, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, She's not rolling her eyes at me all the time anymore. Yeah. She, we have the same sense of humor. I think it's a maturity thing. I think she's beginning to appreciate that, you know, her mom's cool. I've been telling her it for years, but yeah. she's, she's finally beginning to accept it, maybe. Yeah, I, I could see I could see that for sure. Totally, it's been a change over the last probably year and a half. I think that's maybe more of a girl thing because I remember that with my mom too, like at a point like going, oh, she's fun. She's cool, you know. And, you know, just like you said, even after the trip that, and this would never have happened even six months ago, that when you guys got back home and she had to go do a workout for her practice, that she asked you to go down and lift with her. Yeah, working out with her before she'd be like, let me know when you're done. (laughs) But I think it's really good when we, I don't know if it's going to sound strange, but spend time apart because we spend so much time together. Yes, I agree. And... I think there's a fine balance. I think some couples spend all their time apart or too much time apart, and that's not healthy. So maybe it's a little bit of what you're doing when you're apart. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, you know, some couples that don't work together like we do, 
you know, every day. So we're always, sometimes we're not working on the same project and we might even be in the same house, not working on the same project, but we're at least we're together and, and we know like we're, uh, you know, walk 20 yards to see each other. But, you know, and it's difficult because I know some couples that, you know, they obviously they work in different jobs or one spouse stays at home. And then that's a little bit trickier because then you might just see them just for a few hours in the evening. And then when you're going out on the weekends and, you know, one spouse is going out with their friends or going to play golf or going for a workout with their girlfriend, but just whatever, then all of a sudden, you know, they're not spending as much time together. Right. And that's when you can grow apart. So I yeah. think there's an important balance that we've been able to find. It hasn't been from the beginning where we are independent and codependent. I think that's a negative term. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I know like being completely codependent on someone is not a good thing. But we also, we enjoy spending a lot of time together. But would you agree that when we were first married, like this is just my interpretation, I didn't feel comfortable doing anything without you because I thought that it would upset you. Yeah, because I gave that impression and probably because I wanted you around because I don't know if I just let's be honest, yeah. like doing a lot of therapy over the years, like I kind of broke out of like a shell and like I was more open to spend more time with or guys by, or by yourself even. or by myself. Like yeah. I was in the last five or six years, I'm okay with spending time with myself or, you know, reaching out to a friend and going and doing a workout or, you know, like just going for a day and going snowboarding or something. Yeah. You never said like, don't go with your friends, but it was like, I could, you know, it's when you're married or you've been with your partner for a long time, you can sense in their body language when they're not happy about something. And I think these patterns start when you start dating. Uh -huh. But I, when we started dating, I sensed that it made you uneasy, uncomfortable, whatever you want to call it, when I would do things without you. So we started doing everything together. Yeah. And even if there are times where I kind of had to for work or whatever, I still felt like this pit in the bottom of my stomach that you weren't okay with it. Yeah, and I probably definitely admit that. Like there was definitely feelings and probably, like you said, we've known each other for so long that those feelings are, are hard to like bottle down. And like, so they come out and just, even if they just come out in a little sentence, mm -hmm, you feel it. Mm -hmm. And definitely I was out of the both of us way more reluctant to like, you know, make it comfortable for you to like feel that you can take off for a couple days or, but that's changed over yeah. the last few years. A thousand percent. And, and you know, and I, now I know that it's healthy. It's not healthy to do it all the time, but it's healthy to do it. And especially the way we do it, like where it's, you know, it's planned. It's like you're looking forward to it. I remember when we did a therapy session with Dr. Linda and she said, you two are codependent. We're like, what? <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. maybe other people you see are, but we are very okay. And then leaving, I like was you know, reading up on like, what does that term really mean? And once I was able to understand what the term meant, I was like, Oh, I guess we kind of are. Yeah. Because you know, every story that we were telling, obviously this doctor was like, okay, we go here together and we go there together yeah. and we do this together. And you know, and we thought it was a positive. Yeah. And she helped me a lot too, because she said, it's healthy, Brett, for you in every relationship to separate, mm -hmm. go do other things, be independent, mm -hmm. function, mm -hmm. and then come back together. Right. And, you know, and it's actually, I mean, not that I look forward to, 
you leaving, I mean, I still miss you, mm-hmm. but it's fun when we get back together. Like when we come <laughs> back together, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I will also admit that when she said that to us and kind of told us we needed to do more things apart, even though initially the patterns in our relationship being like together 24 seven may have stemmed from me trying to like make sure you were happy at all times, like that people pleasing side of me, that is, you know, it takes two to tangle, right? Like, yeah. so, I mean, we're both responsible for that. You know, I am queuing into your behaviors and then I'm also contributing to the pattern and then I become dependent upon it. And, you know, before long, and I guess this is important for people to hear who maybe are in the beginning stages of a, a relationship because that's where these patterns form. Yeah. And uh. then suddenly you're like, you think it's healthy or whatever. But anyways, what I was going to say is when she said that, even though I had always hoped or wished that I could feel comfortable if I wanted to spend a day away or go with my friends, I would do those things, but I I always wanted to feel more comfortable about it. But when she said that, there was a part of me that felt a little anxious because that meant change. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Anytime you change something, whether it's small or big, the first reaction is like, fight it. This isn't going to be good. This isn't going to be good. Because everything's fine right now. Yeah. But you have to recognize that a smarter person is probably sitting across from you. Seek wise counsel and don't be afraid to find a therapist. But, you know, sometimes the things they suggest, I should say always the things they suggest, are they intend them to be in your best interest. And most often they are. Today's episode of The Shalene Show is sponsored by our friends at Organifi. You've heard me talk about them probably way too many times, but it's because the stuff is so good and it's helpful, especially if you're dealing with brain fog or ADHD or you just want to have a quicker memory. So many products, but my favorite is Organifi Pure. It comes in a little packet or you can get it in a tub now, which is super convenient. I prefer the little packets. I dump one of the Pures into my water and then I have Organifi Immunity. These are two different products. But these are the two that I'm obsessed with. Obviously, immune, why wouldn't you want to bolster your own immune response? But the immunity is great because it kind of has an orange flavor. And then the pure tastes a little bit like my lemon ginger water. So when I mix them together, it literally, it makes me drink so much more water. And I know I'm getting my immunity. For example, it gives you 500% of your daily needs for vitamin C. In addition to that, it's got zinc. Vegan vitamin D3, very, very important. So many people don't even realize that their vitamin D is insufficient and that's why their energy is low. That's why they can't lose their fat. The immunity product also helps because it bolsters your immune system. It's got an antiviral and antifungal and it really tastes delicious. I also love the Pure. That's the one that I take for my brain. It's got 11 different superfoods. It's 100% USDA certified organic. It is clinically proven, this is huge, to boost brain-derived neurotropic factor. Why do you need to care about that? Because that's what makes you think more clearly. That is what helps to increase the neurogenesis. That's like your little connections in your brain and they connect faster. And that's the stuff that we need if we want better memory, if we want to feel mentally sharp, if we want to pull up information quicker in our heads, we want to be less forgetful, then we need to think about these things. A lot of their products are fantastic. Those are two of my favorite. I'm going to let you check out the rest of them. They are going to give you 20% off all of their products 
when you use code Shaleen. So you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Shaleen. That gets you 20% off. O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Shaleen. Get 20% off. All their products are great. My favorites, Pure and Immunity. I want to tie what we're talking about right now into mm-hmm. the podcast that you had me listen to yesterday. And once we got that information from Linda uh-huh. and that, you know, it's healthier to have some independence and have some, you know, time with friends and such and, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, alone time, whatever it may be, is that so you take your past experiences, you know, what we learned from, on that podcast is you take your past experiences and then you take your current situation and from your past experiences, how are you going to make like a wise decision yes. for the future? And not an emotional decision, not a comfortable decision, but a wise, a decision. wise decision. And it was just hearing that from Linda, it was just took time and it didn't happen overnight, mm-hmm. but just over time, like, okay, well, just like you just did, you told me in therapy that, you know, it gave you anxiety to leave because I made it felt like I didn't want you to leave. Mm-hmm. So I had to change the way I conducted myself before we went our separate ways or whatever, mm-hmm. or, we, mm-hmm. or we went and did something else. So that change meant that it was going to be from the past changing it and then the future being more wise. So mm-hmm. it's just better. It's more healthy. Did you have to figure out new ways to cope when you're by yourself? I mean, not like you're afraid to be by yourself, but like you like the comfort of being with me. So what would you do to feel comfortable when we weren't together? Plan activities. Mm. You know, I actually do a much better job now of just planning every day. Yeah. Whether you're going to be involved in the day or I'm alone or something. I'm a planner. I like to have a plan. I like to have an organized situation for the day and it makes me feel more at ease. More Which, comfortable. by the way, may I say thank you so much because I asked you for Christmas if you would use a Smart Life Bush Journal. Yes. And I, and I use it every day. And, and I only asked for 30 days, so I'm getting a bonus. Yes, we're past 30 days. It's amazing. People are always like, wait, why would your husband? I'm like, yeah. or they'll say like, why would your husband not use a journal? And I'm like, well, first of all, you have an insane memory. So you remember everything. But when you do use it, you're way you're like scary productive. Okay. Here's the reason why it's even for somebody that has a really good memory Mm -hmm. to use the journal, because what I find is that when I write it down, Mm -hmm. my memory even gets sharper. Yeah. And then once I write it down, I have a tendency where I'm not going to forget it, but I can kind of release that. Mm. And because I know where I can go find it. Yeah. And so then that helps me relax and then move on to the next task. Do you think there's a, to bring it back to our original subject, I didn't mean to go off on that, but do you think there is a right amount of time to spend apart together? I mean, I know there is for us, but what's too much? I think it's all individually based Mm -hmm. because every situation is different. Every, you know, ours is different from, you know, our next door neighbors or or some of our friends because you and I do work together. So we spend a lot of time together. So Mm -hmm. we literally have, whether it's scheduled, planned, or we just need it, we pretty much have break away almost every day where, you know, you like to have, you know, an hour or two alone, you know, that you're going to just be alone to do something. And, you know, I like to get away for an hour or so where it's just, I can just have some focus time and just 
my time and reflect and do whatever I want. Which, by the way, you do infrared sauna. Yes. So that's my, great. Yeah. Super healthy. Yeah, that's good. I think so too. My general rule of thumb would be if I were giving like a young couple or a couple that's trying to figure this out advice, it would be to say that just be aware if you're making the other person feel very uncomfortable when you separate, that separating is healthy and that when you separate, what you're doing should be considered too. Like you've got to think, am I making this person feel comfortable? Because if I am, you know, going out to get drinks with all my single girlfriends, I mean, that's not very respectful of you. No, and I don't think that's someone we're talking about here. Right. It's not, you know, going out on a Friday night with, you know. Which is okay, but. Which is fine, which is fine, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, you might be going on a small getaway for two or three days or something with girlfriends and you're going to, or you're going to, you know, something that's going to, like a seminar or something like that yeah. that you want to get away with and go better your business or whatever it might be. Yeah. But it's like it's when you trust leave. trust and confidence. Yeah. Most of the time when we leave, we're, it go, we're either doing something physical we're, we're out, you know, doing some exercise or we're going to bond with our close friends or something like that or, or kids. Our kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Good chat. Good chat. Well, thanks for spending a little time in the car with Brett and I. I hope that was helpful. I hope it was insightful. Again, it's my objective to just be really transparent. I would never want you to throw in the towel or to measure your relationship by looking at someone else's. And that includes ours. There's so much that happens behind the scenes. Like even before we really got serious about therapy, to an outsider, it probably looked like things were perfect and idyllic between us. So you just can't look at someone else's relationship and measure yours against it. And I have to say this to those of you who maybe didn't have healthy role models to mirror, to see as examples of what a healthy relationship looks like. Brett and I both our parents, both of them, are still married. And there were things that I saw in my parents that I have definitely shaped how I approach our marriage. And there are things that Brett saw in his own, in his parents' marriage that has shaped the way or who he is in our relationship. So if you didn't have healthy role modeling, does that mean you're not capable or able to have a healthy marriage? Of course that's not true. But just know this, we all take from our past experiences and we form beliefs about what relationships should look like, what's acceptable, what's appropriate, how to handle things. Some of those beliefs and some of those practices are not healthy. One of the best ways to get an objective, healthy opinion is by working with a therapist. You know, it's not as scary as what people think. It doesn't mean that there's a problem with your relationship. It means that you're really smart. It means that you care enough about your relationship to put in the extra effort. I mean, if your kid was a phenomenal pitcher, you would hire them a coach to make them even better. So I don't know why we're so reluctant to seek advice or counsel or coaching. So I want to challenge you today to share this episode with someone, someone who you know loves their partner enough to want to be better. And finally, I want to challenge those of you who've listened to this point and nodded your head in agreement with some of the things I've mentioned here today. I challenge you today to boldly believe that you have the ability to be better. You have the ability to be a better human, a better parent, a better friend, 
and better in your relationship. If you don't think that there's any room for improvement, well, by all means, you can skip this challenge. Ignore it. But if there's any inkling, if there's any remote possibility that you have the potential to be better and you desire greater happiness, more contentment, and peace, and improved relationships, then I am going to challenge you to do the courageous thing, which is just seek wise counsel. Consider seeing a therapist. It's not as uncomfortable as you think it's going to be. And growth makes us happier people. So if you accept this challenge, tell me about it. Put it out there. Keep yourself accountable. I just want to know, will you do it? Do you care enough about being better to do the thing that scares a lot of people, but the smart ones, the really successful ones, the ones who have peace, they understand that greatness happens outside of our comfort zone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Shaleen Show. All right. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.